Hello, and welcome to I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics. I'm Dr. Jeannie Safer. This week, we'll meet Harry. Hi, I'm Harry Schilling. By trade, I'm an advertising copywriter. And Alan. Okay, I'm Alan Davis, and uh, I'm retired, and I'm maybe about 10 years older than Harry, I think. More. Or whatever. The first thing you need to know about Harry and Alan, they are delightful to see together. In some ways, they have much in common. They're older, articulate white men in their 60s and 70s. They have an impressive grasp of the issues of the day. And they each have, let's say, slightly different ways of interpreting them. I'm an unusual New Yorker in that my politics are on the right. And uh, I'm a lifelong liberal, but I do enjoy arguing with Harry. And argue they do. Never uh, underestimate the stupidity of the American voter. To look, they elected Trump, didn't they? Aren't you the one who keeps telling me that, yeah, but he didn't get the popular vote? Well, he so, didn't get the so vote, I right. guess, So I guess you're right. Never underestimate the stupidity of the American voter. <laughs> I consider Trump as a human being a despicable. I think he's evil. <laughs> I think he's evil, and I think he's stupid. Well, we won't go into Bill Clinton uh, as a despicable people, um, but that's neither Look, here I'm not there. a public party. Before is a party of by and for the rich. And an and an and Christian fundamentalist. Right, and an Al's fantasy world. That's what he sees when he looks on the Republicans. The racists just couldn't stand having a black man in the White House. Good grief! They couldn't stand having him in the White House. No, Not, the black man. No, him. No, the... the <laughs> no, him. Harry. Alan is much taller, his speech is more deliberate, and often ironic, and his sense of humor is bone dry. Harry is shorter, feistier, and more direct about exposing all the differences in their politics, which are huge. Watching them argue reminds me of a small dog mixing it up with a large dog. Each has his own strengths. It's their political differences and how they navigate them that made me want you to meet them and to learn from them on this show today. It's a ritual that's been perfected over many years through life events and political milestones. They have a weekly date to meet, raise a glass or two at a local bar, and go at it. Harry and Alan argue so much that it's hard to start a conversation about anything else with them without an argument breaking out. This happened even when they came to my office today to talk about arguing. Now, is this the... A good example of the way that the two of you mix it up? Yeah, I'd say. I started with a simple question. It's clear that you both have huge differences in your political opinions. And it's obvious that neither of you is shy about arguing. I suggested to them that their collegiality in arguing is a fairly unique thing to see in this day and age. So how do you manage to spar so constantly without things ever getting out of hand? Where did you learn that? Was, did anybody teach you that? Did you see this in your families? Did you just learn it from seeing what works and what doesn't work? 
How did you get there? In my case, I'd probably say life experience. Just getting by one day at a time and uh, trying to put things in their proper place. And that doesn't mean not taking them seriously, but it means not letting them dominate you. And how about you? Well, I think it's, with me it started when I was really grade school, high school. In grade school? Uh-huh. My father had died in a fishing accident. And I was the youngest guy in the class. No good whatsoever athletics. And so I took a lot of abuse from the jocks. And I, it really made my life miserable until I finally learned to go after them. And, and not, not physically, of course. I could have pulverized Intellectually. Me. Intellectually. And I, 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 I honed that to a skill. The rule of a good debater is, first of all, never lose your temper. Never lose your temper. Yeah. I believe I've heard some debates where that rule was more honored in the breach than the observance. True. Well, yeah, but that's... But that's then you're not debating, and you're just yelling at each other. Like it's just like you know, it's like Channel 13 when they have two people with opposing booths on. You know, at seven o'clock news, mm-hmm. they can be, they always talk to each other very politely. And every now, of course, when you listen to well, Fox News or even some of the uh, CNBC or mm-hmm. uh, CNBC, perhaps or MSNBC, Fox News, they have rather polite back and forth. That is one of the reasons I like Fox News. Sean Hannity has this, I believe, very successful show on at, at, at 10. I much preferred the show when he had with, with the late Alan Combs. They went at it forcefully, but you got the impression they liked and respected each other. Before Trump, even in Congress, collegiality was still possible. <laughs> yes, there was collegiality, wasn't there? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> no. Well, it's been going no. away gradually yeah. for quite a while. No, there really wasn't. No. Oh, Harry, that's not true. I mean, look at what Harry Reid said uh, about Mitt Romney, that he hadn't paid taxes in 10 years. <laughs> uh, that was hardly collegial. It was an out-and-out lie, which Reid basically admitted to after the election. Mm-hmm. Our conversations never degenerate. At that level. Of course not. Of course not. And my experience is that those reactions come from the left. I've never seen it from the right. Mm. I've never oh seen a. Oh my no, God. I haven't. Have you? Have you seen Have someone I ever? In, a, in, a, in a private conversation that oh, someone yeah. from the right. I'll, 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 they go on like this for a while. I try to get them back on track. Eventually, I ask if Trump's election has changed things for them. Well, from my point of view, it's a whole different story since Trump came aboard. Mm-hmm. I think for the once, I think that maybe our democracy is in some danger because of Trump. But I never thought of that of any other, any previous Republican president. I never thought of that. Oh, what happens? I mean, our democracy is not in any danger. Um, the elections are going to happen in the midterms. Congress may change hands. Not altogether sure it will, but it might. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> our election is not in danger. Our, our democracy is not in danger. Let us hope our not. democracy was, if our democracy was in danger at all from, oh, I don't know, Russian collusion and all that, go say hi to Hillary, who basically probably benefited more from the likes of that. Harry, how can you, how can you... <laughs> make a silly statement like that when everybody, the FBI, the CIA, everybody else has said that the goal of the Russian intervention was to aid Donald Trump. The goal of the Russian intervention was to sow discord. 
No, it wasn't. Period. It was, the, it was as simple it was as that. The sole they didn't think he by, was going to win any more than the rest of us. No, did. it was the sole discord by aiding Donald Trump. I see. Knowing full well that Trump is a master of discord. <laughs> I left out a very important detail about Harry and Alan. Their endless arguing, this bitter division, the constant attempts to get the last word, to gain the upper hand, it masks something truly important, something that, in my opinion, we can all learn from. Harry and Alan are the best of friends. We'll learn more about why and how these two argumentative characters got to be this way right after this. When I interviewed Harry and Alan for my book on political fights, I discovered that there was more to their story than these arguments. Underneath the chatter, the one-liners, and the intense disagreement is, believe it or not, a real friendship. The two met decades ago when they lived along First Avenue in Manhattan. On an otherwise nondescript corner, there's a standard-issue bar and grill. It's still there, looking much the same as it did when Harry and Alan met there over 20 years ago. I believe I was single at the time. Yes, you were. And um, someone said something. I mean, Alan and I, we knew each other. Well, you, so you knew each other. Well, there, you know, this hi, how are you sort of thing. So this was a bar that the two of you used to go and oh. imbibe occasionally. Constant, more than occasionally. More than occasionally, individually. Yeah. You didn't know each other. Well, Al person. would go with his wife. He was oh, I see. at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly don't know how the politics thing started. I- I'm... I'm guessing one of us said something in reaction to something or other and the other one piped up uh, <laughs> and uh, you know putting the other in his place uh-huh. and and that was that there's a tv at this bar usually playing sports the arguments that happen there usually concern sports but harry and alan both regular patrons weren't exactly rabid fans. Instinctively, they made politics their sport, and each rooted, and still roots, for different, shall we say, teams. Their arguments became more and more common, and eventually they moved them outside of the bar and into each other's homes during dinners with their respective spouses. He married, he moved out of the neighborhood downtown, and so and didn't did see much of it. did you know about his nefarious politics at that point? Uh, you must I, have. I must have. Yeah, I, you must I, have. I, yeah. I don't... And you still went to dinner, really. And I, <laughs> and I still invited him. Well, this is all remarkable, isn't Really, it? yeah. When you first had dinner together, Harry, you were how old probably at that time? I had to be in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And also you well, were... Well, I must have been in my 50s in 50s. then. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm older and wiser than Harry, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I half agree. Still am. <laughs> I still half agree. <laughs> a strong familial relationship built on the back of their well-controlled, high-level bickering. But in the age of President Trump, 
When just about everything and everybody seems to be as polarized as possible, even the strongest bonds have been tested. You both said that, that uh, things have heated up since Trump won, but can you point either one of you, maybe different uh, fights, that since that time have been particularly acerbic or on the edge for you together? Nothing immediately comes to mind. I mean, uh, what about things like climate change? Have you ever mixed it up about those things? Well, we brought them up. Yeah. You know. Climate change is, you know, fine. Yeah, climate it changes. It's called the weather. See, that's what I mean. Just because all the all ninety percent of the climatologists, whose job it is to know these things, agree that, that climate change is caused by human beings, and the ten percent that don't are in the payment of, of uh, large uh, energy firms. Right, and then but, and then there are those great environmentalists like say Warren Buffett, who is against pipelines and the like because he owns a railroad. Um, uh, maybe, maybe he had some other reasons, too. Yeah, he owned a railroad, and that's how the oil I, would get transported. Now that we have computer science, one would think you could plug in all the numbers about climate and all that and project where it's going. But to see if it works, we'll go back 50 years, put in all the numbers which you had, and just go ahead, a few years at a time, 10, 20, 30, 40. And I believe someone actually did that a while ago. I can't cite specifics. And got absolute and got and was wrong with every prediction. Not even that debate would be enough to tear them apart. But in an indirect way, it's the argument that brought about the biggest challenge to their argumentative natures. It was the climate change discussion that led to a moment that still, as you'll be able to hear, gets Harry and Alan equally frustrated but not with each other. Do you ever get a reaction from the other people at the bar? Yes. Well, um, infrequently, but there was one, this guy who was there with his wife, at least I assume well, it was. What did he say? He, says really he said to me, he said to me um, I hope your children die um, uh, horrible deaths. <laughs> and then he bolted out the door because and his, the, wife sa- his wife said something be, to me like, oh, he didn't really mean that. Probably because she was afraid I was going to follow him out and um, we'll make, make, make sure. Make him die a horrible death. Well, yeah. no, I agree with you. He, mm-hmm. he, that was completely off base. It's totally. not acceptable. Did you hear that? It's called knowing exactly where the line is. They both know real hateful hostility when they hear it, and it has no place in their interaction. Harry and Alan have found a way to have completely opposite political beliefs while sharing a common idea of what it means to be a friend, and really, what it means to be a compassionate person. What they instinctively do and have done for decades, is what psychologists call sublimation. They turn raw opinions that could come between them into discussions that bring them together. Again, not that it keeps them from arguing. Completely off base, it's totally. not acceptable. Right, oh, so right, right. And, I, and I had no doubt your, that your you would disagree. Daughters, I hope that they survive the climate change. I'm sure they will. Because <laughs> they... they 
as will the as, rest of us. As both of them have mentioned to me a few times, they do not agree with their father on these oh, issues. Oh, that must be pleasant to you. As, as his wife did, too, by uh-huh. the way. Uh-huh. So you're in a family of women who disagree with you, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my late wife, uh, basically. And in fact, once she, she said to me she prefers democratic rule, uh, to which I said, we're Americans. No one rules us. We don't mm. have a rule. Are we, if we have it. rules, we are ruled. Uh, no, and we do have that's rules. Not what, They're called uh, laws. Yes, I know. It would be nice if the Democrats uh, followed most of them. Please but anyway. Um, that's such a do silly Do either of you ever say. get the last word? Never. Nah, Never. What, what fun would that be? Harry and Alan are experts at knowing the limits. They recommend a few things we could all do when talking politics. Always keep your cool. Enjoy the art of the argument. Realize it's a pleasure that even when you radically disagree, you still value one another and respect each other's opinions. And overall, don't take yourself so seriously. Harry explains it best. Our country has survived a great deal. We survived that moron Jimmy Carter. We survived Obama. We will survive Trump for those who think it needs to be survived. Well, um, we, so we haven't yet to survive. But we will. Still, the way um, the game is still in the play. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't take any of this that seriously. I take my country seriously and, 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 and all that. But the disputes and the idea that, oh my God, it's, it's never been this bad before, oh, come on. Aren't there some things that you do take very seriously? Oh, I ta- oh absolutely. But uh, in fact, and I take these 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 issues that we brought up extremely seriously. But not yourself. You're making not myself, and also this back and forth where we're going on uh, on them. We will survive the outcomes of that, and the pendulum will swing again. And you're both mindful of that. Oh, I am. I don't know about him. I Love You But I Hate Your Politics is produced by Alex Abnos with editing help from Katie Ferguson and Becky Celestina. The senior editor for Macmillan Podcasts is Alyssa Martino. My new book with the same title will be published in spring 2019 by All Points Books. If you have friends whose political fights are tearing them apart, do them a favor and tell them about I Love You But I Hate Your Politics podcast. Listening to it could save their relationships. And please let other people know about us, too. If you have more thoughts about the show that you'd like to share, or have a political disagreement of your own you'd like to talk about, email us at podcasts at macmillan.com. If that is the case... Pause, they... pause for one second, please. Sorry. New York City. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. De Blasio's New York. Um, wait, wait. If, if the, that's there, the... there sirens for every single mayor of New York? Weren't there sirens at that time? What? Weren't there sirens during... Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the I believe mayors? there were. Well, well, except you, except back you, in Roosevelt's day. Well, well he wasn't Why do you mayor. bring up De Blasio? <laughs> oh, because it seems to be in keeping with this conversation. Um, and See, um, that's, that's, that's strange. This logic just... Eludes me. I don't get what you're logic is behind. Uh, you can't explain it. 
I'll try. I mean, you stepped in it, and you got to live with it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.